0: Welcome to the National Leprechaun Museum's Talking Stories Podcast, your home for Irish folklore, mythology and storytelling.
1: Yes, so welcome back. We're going to be looking at some Irish mythology today. Mm -hmm. Since we suddenly find ourselves with a lot of free time, we've decided we're going to look over all of Irish mythology and we're going to begin at the beginning. But first things first, hi, I'm Nisha.
2: And I'm Cece.
1: And today, I think Pawdy is going to be providing us a lovely rendition of the story of Kessair. But before we get down to that, we've got to talk a bit about the boring details. Irish mythology is generally divided into four major cycles. We're going to be kicking off with the aptly named mythological cycle, but we're going to to give you a bit of an overview of the others. So first and foremost, first comes the Irish mythological cycle. Uh,
2: how does that one go Cece? So that cycle would follow the life and death of the inhabitants of our land before us Irish came to be and it kicks off with the arrival of the first people on Ireland of Kesser that we're going to be talking about today and ends when us Irish come to be.
1: Yeah I think it's one of the interesting things that according to our own origin story we're only immigrants to Ireland and that we're the sixth of Six people, six waves yeah, of people who come to exactly. the country. And later on, we then get to the Ulster cycle, which is my love. <laughs> uh, it's all about the deeds of Cúchulán, and Macanácea, who I'm not a big fan of for obvious reasons. Mm. And the war between the western province of Connacht and the northern province of Ulster. And then we get on to the fun Fenian or Fianna cycle, oh. which generally deals with the deeds of Finn McCool and his legendary Fianna a band of young fighting men and occasionally women who were theoretically tasked with defending Ireland, but mostly used it as an excuse to get up to mad adventures throughout the island.
2: Absolutely. We see the characters such as Caelter on, or Finn himself at times. Um, And, you know, it's just full of mischief and lore and magic.
1: Yeah. And then we get to the... uh, Come on short straw of the cycles, the king cycle. Now, that's not to say that it isn't great. It's amazing. It's just they seem to have taken all the other stories that couldn't quite fit neatly into the other three categories and lumped them all together. And since some of them starred kings, slapped on a different label. Yeah. But we're starting with the mythological cycle today. And uh, one of the main features of the early stories in Irish mythology is these waves of invasions of people who come to mm-hmm. Ireland. Perhaps invasion should be in inverted commas because it wasn't like there was anyone here before Kessler arrived to (laughs) invade. But we're going to let Pawdy get down to that, I think.
2: Yeah, and it's always such a treat to sit back and relax and hear a story by the wonderful Pawdy.
1: it's like liquid velvet poured in the ears.
2: Absolutely. So sit back, enjoy, have a cup of tea and we'll join you and we'll see you in a couple of minutes.
0: ago, in the land of Mesopotamia, lived Kesser, daughter of Bith, son of Noah, he of the ark. Kesar led her people to the ark upon hearing that the God of the Israelites planned on wiping the slate clean, removing all the sinful people from the earth, the old fashioned way with a big old, devastating flood. Bith Kesser's father. His relationship with his own father Noah was a bit rough. Noah believed that Bith was a thief and that anything that was nailed down in the ark wouldn't be safe from his hands. He was completely forgotten about in the Bible and he wasn't allowed to board the ark. Feeling some pity for his extra son, even if he was a thief, And his heroic granddaughter, Noah, said, Go into the furthest west. There you might escape the anger of the Lord. But Bith and Kesser didn't want to just take granddad's word for it. So they made an idol out of clay, and the statue advised them, in its dry and dusty language, to go to an island far out in the west, what we call home. Ireland, Hibernia, Erin. So Bith, his daughter Kessar, and a vast host of their people set sail on a battered, primitive little curragh off into the west. They were blown off course many times and had many trials and tribulations on the journey. They sailed up rivers, came all the way to the foot of the Alps, went into Spain. ...and climbed to the tops of the towers to see if they could see Ireland from all the way down in Spain. While they were out on the water, the waves rose up like mountains... ...and thunder and lightning pelted down from the sky. They arrived off of what is today either Kirkaguina in County Kerry... ...or Bantry Bay in Cork, depending on which storyteller that you ask. It was the year, supposedly, 2361. Only 49 women had survived and three men. Bith, the father of Kesser, Ladra, their pilot, who had taken an injury on the trip to Ireland and who everyone immediately forgets about, and Finton Macbacre, who had become one of the most important men in Ireland. The women were shared evenly amongst the three men in what would later become the format of a reality TV show. Fintan and Kesser were the primary couple amongst the tribe. Bith retired with his new wife, Bearfind, and Ladra, who everyone always forgets about, promptly died of the injury he had sustained on the voyage. To some men, or women, having... Forty nine fertile ladies to yourself would be a dream but not to poor Finton MacBakra. Maybe it was the constant requests for alone time with him, or the fact that he just preferred his own company, or that his father in law had basically shagged himself to death in it in an attempt to repopulate the whole country. But Finton ran away to a cave, to be by himself, a cave in what is today the Aram Mountains, beside the lower Loch Derg. Noah, their grandfather, had reasoned that as no one lived in the furthest west, the islands of the west would be spared the wrath of God, because no one had ever done anything wrong there. Alas! noah was very wrong the god of israel rained floods and water down on the people of the world for 40 days and 40 nights finton thought he would be grand but the waters of the flood came even up to his mountain home he was frightened and alone his cave was filling with water and he worried that he would drown in his fear, he summoned to himself a mighty will, and by the force of that will, transformed himself first into an eagle, then into a hawk, and finally, when there was nowhere left above the water, into a salmon. It is this shapeshifting ability that gave him and other shapeshifters in Ireland. An exceedingly long life, for it is said that Fintan Mokbokra lived 5,500 years. He would be an advisor to the high kings of Ireland, but he would never have many close friends. His dearest companion was the hawk of Ackill, who likewise lived a very long life, and they loved. ...trading stories together high uh, above the Mayo coastline. For Cesar's part, or Kesser's part, she never left her tribe. She was devastated by the death of her father and Fintan's abandonment of her. As the waters closed in, she looked from a small hill down at her people... She could take no more. She died heartbroken. One woman, it is said, survived. She was a warrior, powerful and strong woman by the name of Banda. In later years, she would meet Fintan Makbakra, and together they would have a son. But that is a story for another day.
2: That was lovely Oh absolutely, absolutely The only thing going through my head Was poor Fintan Macbocka (laughs) He just wanted some peace The poor chap
1: Just wanted a cup of tea And a lie down And they just wouldn't leave the poor man alone
2: It's a bit like me to you Yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah
1: Now, that was a very, very interesting story, lovelily told by Paudy, but there's some, I think there's some things we can unpack from that, don't you?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And we see our main character, Kesser. we see her trying to outrun her faith and cheat her destiny the whole way through. And it's very interesting to see her just desperate to survive and see the impact that that has and also see her come to... Ireland
1: that we love so much yeah so according to our own story she was the first woman to well according to this version she was the first woman to step foot on the land of Ireland I find it interesting that they kind of decided oh yeah go out to the west to the far western reaches of the world which back then obviously was Ireland yeah world used to end at the Atlantic (laughs) but that they decided oh there'd be no sin in Ireland as if there weren't already animals here
2: yeah, I hadn't thought about had that.
1: They had to wipe out the evil animals off the face of the earth as well. It wasn't <laughs> just the wicked humans that had to go, which as Eddie Izzard used to point out in their stand-up, uh, evil fish still float in the sea to this day.
2: And in terms of our land, actually, what animals would have been on our land at the time? Would we have seen our beloved red squirrel much?
1: Red squirrel. I actually can't remember what ones are, pro- I was going to say properly native, which ones would have been here at the time. Certainly small, like smaller rodents and the like definitely have been here because like wherever yeah. you go, rats and mice follow.
2: Absolutely.
1: But like some of the kind of mainstay creatures definitely wouldn't have been, wouldn't have found sheep.
2: Oh no, no, cows. No, at all.
1: no cows at all, which is weird to think of. And what, 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 uh, birds obviously, lots of yeah. birds. And that, I think that's that's why we have the whole like hawk of ackle thing mm. with Vincent MacRogna, which actually brings up brings up an interesting thing because of fish and fish and birds. It's the first forms that he takes mm-hmm. after he to try and escape the flood once it does actually arrive. Yeah, because no matter what you do, you can't cheat God.
2: And an interesting thing about this story is hearing Pawdy refer to Ireland as Hibernia.
1: Ah yes. Uh, why
2: would that be, Nisha?
1: Well, Hibernia was the Latin name for the island of Ireland, coming mm-hmm. from the land of winter, because as far as they were concerned, Ireland was too far north, too far west, too on the coast, too cold, only winter, mm-hmm. nothing could survive here, wasn't worth, wasn't worth even coming over for. Because mm-hmm. obviously Ireland famously was one of the few places in Europe the Romans never really came to.
2: Yes, yes. That's
1: why to this day we don't really have roads. Mm. That's why the Irish word for road is cow way, because our roads were (laughs) do. Is it? Bower comes from cow way, because it's the tracks that they would have led the cows down the road from pasture to pasture. And they're the one. Oh, my God. We are following in the footsteps of cows whenever we're going down the road.
2: Oh, wow.
1: But again, no cows here at the time. But it, it, it is an interesting one, Hibernia.
2: Yeah.
1: Still, you. It's still kind of used to this day. You got like the Hibernian Order and the, mm. and I think there was, there was Hibernian Knights on stage, weren't right there? It was a weird group.
2: I do believe so.
1: Yeah. To this day, I've got the Hibernia Inn down the road from me. Oh really? Yeah. Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> don't go there.
2: Not a recommendation from the Leprechaun <laughs> Museum, no.
1: Definitely not. We'll get to good recommendations some point in the future, but the Hibernian Inn, less
0: less of that.
2: And I suppose, uh, me being kind of almost like your apprentice at this point, uh, considering how experienced you are in folklore, um, I hope you don't mind me asking you a couple of questions. But Go for it. I kept wondering, as you mentioned, uh, Fintan, he shapeshifted into a bird. Yeah. And how did he begin to shapeshift? Because they say he summoned his will. But well, yeah. that's not very clear.
1: I think it's a lo- it's a lovely phrasing by Pawdy, and. Mm. It's kinda of, it is it's kind of hard to explain. Like shapeshifting is a huge part of various stories in Irish mythology. Um, mm. so many of the characters can change their shape. And even when you get to when like it's not really an official cycle of the myths, but when you get to all the stories about the saints, like St. Saint Patrick, Colin Kill and all of them. Yeah. They can all shape shift as well. Like St. Kevin shapeshifted a fair amount. And I think there's there is a story of Saint Patrick to escape. I think it's King Larry's men are trying to stop him getting to the Hill of Ishnach to light the fires. Uh, mm. This may make no sense to anyone who doesn't know the story, but I think he and he, tra- he and his followers transform into deer to avoid capture, and they run off into the distance. Mm. It just seems to be some some sort of maybe it's in the air. Yeah, you come to Ireland and suddenly you can you can shape shift.
2: Especially when it's essentially a winter land forever. Maybe the cold just. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But the only way to escape the flood was, I think it's, it, it is first 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 fish, then birds, various other shapes down through the years. Obviously, fish was the most helpful.
2: Yeah, yeah, of before course. Before the rising floods. And with us just being an island in general, yeah. it's always going to be helpful to be a fish.
1: Though it is one of the interesting things, we don't have as big a maritime culture as you might imagine we would have being an yeah. island.
2: Yeah, you know, you see it in almost like hot spots. Yeah, um, like we see it over in Hoth, close enough to us. And then down in Cork, there'd be a bit of a culture of it near the coast. Yeah. But it's not like everybody is just going out fishing.
1: No. And there is there isn't a kind of a, a reverence for seafood, if you get me. Oh, like, no, if,
2: absolutely not.
1: Like if you look at various like um East Asian con- cultures, like seafood is such a big part of the cuisine and the diet.
2: Absolutely.
1: Whereas probably due to like say the Catholic the Catholic thing where you're not allowed to eat meat on certain days. So mm. but fish is allowed because fish,
2: isn't, fish it? isn't meat.
1: Uh it 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 kind of gets this lower status.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But
1: on that that's one of the things the most fan of music. Classify puffins as fish. Puffins 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 were classified as fish according to the according to the church so you could technically eat them when you were fasting during the lent days.
2: That is amazing. is cuz I mean you look
1: at a puffin and you go ah yeah it's just a fish with with feathers isn't it?
2: Absolutely absolutely. I mean puffin salmon they even sound like right? Exactly. Both yeah.
1: pink meat.
2: Both pink meat.
1: As they find now but
2: and I suppose my kind of final question for Anisha oh. would be why is this the start of our mythology?
1: Well, there's, that's, ah, there's a lot in there. Now for a bit of a nerd rant now.
2: Oh, go ahead. So
1: we'll, we'll start off with where, well, we, we just said at the very beginning that we, that Irish mythology is divided into four cycles. I didn't mm. say who divided it into four cycles, because it wasn't the people who wrote down the stories, and it definitely wasn't the people who told the stories before they were written down. Yeah. It was an academic invention much later on, uh, I believe around the 18th, 19th century, when just as, as a matter of convenience to push these all these disparate stories together, which we gathered from various medieval documents recorded between the 7th and 12th centuries originally. The, mm. That's when they were first, uh, first written down from the various ones, passed down through the generations, blah, 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 blah. They come to us, Academics start looking at them and they go, How the hell are we going to actually deal with this mass collection of stories? Mm. So they artificially divided them into these four cycles. And they start and they start off almost chronologically from mythological to Ulster to Fenian. But you can even see it in it there. It's Irish mythology, but there's a mythological cycle. Yeah. Why is there a mythological cycle in Irish mythology? Because it's not proper mythology. <laughs> I'm a bit of a pedant with this. I much prefer the term early Irish literature because while there is much mythology in early Irish literature, it is not technically itself mythology because
2: yeah.
1: it's, it was written down by Christian monks. They have a Christian worldview. That's why the story, our very first story in our mythology, starts off with Noah from the Bible and the yeah. great biblical flood.
2: Yeah, no, that's absolutely fair, and you know you see that in a lot of places in our in our heritage, such as the Breton law being adapted yeah. for Christianity. Yeah. Um. So that's a really, really good point. But speaking of Noah. Yes. Sorry to interrupt you. It must be very hard being. Uh, the son and the granddaughter of such a holy figure. Yeah. Yeah, like imagine being Noah's son and him being like, sorry, pal, love you, but you didn't do good enough of a job.
1: (laughs) She probably would have been sad with years of therapy if she hadn't been killed at the flood. I mean, coming from such stock as that.
2: Exactly, exactly. And imagine, like, they don't know that Noah didn't purposefully lead them to the flood.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like when yeah. I've I've told the story several times on the tours, and I I make Mo- Noah a bit more of an ass, to be perfectly honest. Oh,
2: that's completely <laughs> fair.
1: Like probably so much more gentle with it. Of, oh yeah, like I can't really take you because you might steal all the stuff on the ark. Whereas he's like, ah no, away with you now. Yeah. Not welcome aboard the ark at all. Hmm. And also, I love the image of, like, what, like 50, 50 plus people on a tiny Kirk?
2: Oh, my God, imagine. That's like, an
1: impressive Kirk.
2: As another storyteller we discussed this with said, it's a bowl. Yeah, it's-, it's a massive <laughs> bowl.
1: <laughs> Though, in fairness, they did recreate St. Brendan's, uh, Brendan's Kirk back in the, around the turn of the millennium. Because the theory is that St. Brendan maybe was one of the first people from Europe to visit uh, the Americas. Mm. And they did recreate his modest Kirk and managed, they managed to do the journey from Ireland over to yeah. Honest. So I suppose from Mesopotamia over isn't too bad.
2: Yeah, but well with 50 people.
1: With 50 people. And actually, as I recall, I think, I think we looked this up a while ago. They're meant to have set sail from the Caspian Sea. Now.
2: Oh yes. I
1: don't know if, if 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 we know the world oceans and seas, but the Caspian Sea is interesting in one very specific thing. It's landlocked. Yeah. That is very <laughs> impressive. 50 plus people on a tiny Courac <laughs> going from a landlocked ocean all the way over to Ireland. And only one of them
2: died from their injuries afterwards?
1: I mean. Fair I mean, play.
2: how like Fair did they carry play. the currock? Did they, did they have a little? Almost ding-
1: like how got injured. Like he had yeah. to carry the currock the whole time, literally carrying them on his shoulders.
2: I mean, in our little museumless museuming, as we've come to finally call it, yep. uh, fondly call it my apologies, but in that we've had to carry some boxes. Yep. And we have almost died multiple times carrying boxes. Yep. So imagine carrying a carrying a currock. To get it to another sea, like we'd all be dead. Yeah, we wouldn't get two hundred yards and we'd be on the floor. I wouldn't have made it past Babylon. I'd have given up halfway. Yes. Like, look at that
1: distance. <laughs> if anything, if anything, I'm also impressed that they managed to get there from Mesopotamia, settle in, have enough time for, uh, for a bit, as Putty Lovely put it, to be shagged to death. Yeah, yeah. How did they manage that before the flood came?
2: They were just very like,
1: busy did, women. Did, it, did the flood like arrive, like arrive at different points throughout the world at that time? Like uh, while the rest, while like say Mesopotamia was being flooded, it hadn't quite gotten to Europe yet. Yeah, did it yeah. move like the winds?
2: Exactly. It's a bit like a earthquake or a hurricane. Yeah. It just kind of drifts over. It doesn't just rise. Yeah. 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 And you know, like I think God, in all of His mercy, was thinking, "What's the best way for this man to die?" Yeah. Yeah.
1: I do love God and his mercy We're the proper biblical God now yeah. Blood, thunder, vengeance
2: Yeah absolutely
1: Because I think I think Paulie does point it out Like, Bith, like it, it's claimed he's a thief I don't think we know If he's necessarily a thief or not
2: Absolutely That's a really good point It's kind of
1: a bit unfair Just to give a dog a bad name and he'll wear it
2: Yeah absolutely
1: But if there is one way to go Sexual exhaustion. Yeah. It's a pretty damn good one.
2: I mean, Death by Cheese also sounds death pretty good. Death by great. Cheese
1: is probably the best death in our entire midst, but we'll get to that later.
2: We will, uh, we will. But
1: actually, I think we'll just focus on that last little bit of um, Cassair's death itself. It's actually, I think, probably had a lot of nice poignancy to that.
2: There, there was, there was. And, you know, even though we didn't get to see a lot of Casser's, um personality in the story, I did feel a certain level of sadness for
1: her. It's what her name means. It's like, it comes from sorrowful. Not, not the same derivation as Brona, but uh, it does come from sorrow or regret. Yeah. And I just I do, like, do quite like kind of the two things. One, from the very beginning, we were only immigrants to this land. And two, first, well, first person to set foot in Ireland was a woman.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the first person to set foot in Ireland was essentially sorrow. Which sets the scene for a lot of our stories. Because as we do often warn people as storytellers, our stories are dark.
1: I'm just kind of imagining like a peg sayers looking out (laughs) over the hills (laughs) as the floods begin to rise and one solitary tear falling down (laughs) her cheek for the land of Ireland. (laughs) And with that, we'll leave you lost beneath the waves for now. Mm. i think uh i have been nisha joined by the wonderful cc and we'll chat to you again soon bye
2: thank you all so much for listening to the national leprechaun museum's talking stories podcast remember the best way to support us is by liking subscribing or sharing with a friend